The following is a Feltnout production. To find out more, visit feltnout.co.uk. Yo, 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 where my dogs are, where are they are. Ooh, 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 ooh. My name is Lee Kyle. Welcome to this brand new podcast. It's not just me, though. There's someone else with me Ooh. with a suspiciously similar, the same surname. What are the chances of that? What's his name? Kia Kyle. Well, who the fuck are you? Your son. And that's not right. actual. Yeah, well, not complicated things. Yeah, it's a long yeah, story. Yeah, long yeah. story. I'm glad it worked out that way, though. I think I've been a good dad, considering. <laughs> I've tried my best, haven't <laughs> yeah, I? Like, yeah. you, you haven't always been easy. <laughs> but then, neither have I. True. So we've worked, we've worked together. We've got a bond. We do. That's we do a, have bond. a bond. We get on better because I'm 43 now. What? How are you 43 when you're so youthful? Because just that's how the passage of time works. And you're 23. Yes. And I reckon we get on better than most father-son relationships when the kid's 23. Yeah. No, I think we do because we we are equally as daft to the being of we're family. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Both of our partners, your mother, and um, that lass you're slinging it off. We are a lot to deal with for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to try to tone it down as much as we can on this podcast. We don't want to annoy you. But if we do, I apologise. But not that much. Because you can't apologise for yourself. Unless, unless you're Hitler. Who, in fairness, didn't apologise for himself. He did. should have, but he didn't. But he did the right thing in the end. As in, he got married, he made an honest woman of evil. It's all she wanted. So, he was a feminist. <laughs> so, this podcast is about music. The one thing that unites all of us, apart from people who don't like music or the deaf. Yeah. Is there a thing where it's like subtitles for deaf people? Can you get a device that like live. Deaf people go to gigs. So, I don't do? know whether it's a case of some people are deaf but have a bit of hearing, and or sometimes maybe it's just the bass. No, I mean like proper deaf. Well, like the feeling, like a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, well, you've been at gigs where there's been heavy bass and drums yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and you can like feel it in your core, can't yeah, you? So, if, if you're deaf and you're listening to this and just feeling the vibrations of our deep manly voices, I hope you're enjoying it. Not that you will have understood what I've said there, but I'll, let's make a noise for our deaf listeners. Um, ASMR. Nice. So what this podcast is called Vienna, and that is because of that Ultravox thing. Ultravox song, brought out a song, Vienna, it means nothing to me, and it got a number two, and boring musical people who read Q magazine were like, oh, actually that is a disgrace, because Joe Dolce got a number one with a shut up your face, and everyone gets annoyed about it. So we're talking about songs that got a number two, and discussing whether or not they should have got a number one. We're not going to start with Vienna, because that's the obvious one. We'll get to that in future weeks. We'll build to that. You know, we'll build to that. And this podcast is on patreon.com slash feltnout. Get on there. Check out our Patreon. Feltnout is um, a comedy collective involving all the comedians in the northeast of England, except a couple who are... Let's not say why they're not involved. And you can join our club on Patreon. Oh, you get get loads of stuff here, you know. Do you? What do you get? Oh, you get access to videos, gig tickets... Uh, this podcast a week early loads of other podcasts there's a secret handshake you know that I've heard about the yeah, secret yeah. handshake word on the street I don't know what it is obviously yeah, you won't know because you haven't fucking, you haven't chucked your money over but no. you can join that for as little as £3 a month up to £5 a month 
up to £10 a month. And because I've said up to by accident, I'm now trying to style it out. Up to £50 a month. Oh, and if, honestly, no one's paid that yet. But if you do, look, you're going to have Kia. Yeah, you know what? Well, I reckon I'm worth about that. Probably yeah, a bit less. I think it'd be a bit of a bad deal. But you get the other stuff. So he's what they call a 50 quid bargain boy. <laughs> so we're going to do that. And what we're going to do at the end of the episode is vote. And if we both vote for the song that went number two, it is now officially number one. If neither of us um, votes for it, or only one of us, it stays at number two. We'll have to keep a chart so we We will, so remember. that's a good idea. And this week we're going to the summer of 1995, and we're going to ask, should common people by pulp have beaten Unchained Melody by Robson and Jerome to the coveted number one spot in the United Kingdom charts of Great Britain and Northern Ireland? Well... Should it? Questions first off, Kia. Right. I know you know who Pulp are. Yes. Give, do like Pulp. Give us your impressions of what you think Pulp are like from the view of someone who was born after their big shot at fame. Well, I mean, it's hard to say really because with often going to bars such as The Dog and Paris and all the other little pricky the dog indie and there, where yeah. I did my second ever gig back in 2009 this little venue was much better than now it's sold out and it's shite so, yeah, yeah you've sold out The yeah, Dog and Paris what you're doing man it used to be cool well not cool but you know better it used to be there uh, they even changed the toilets now the toilets are yellow mm. don't know why um, well we're talking about Pulp that's it um, yeah I mean I've heard a lot about them and I, like I've listened to them and stuff whereas when it comes to fucking Simon and Duncan or whatever it was. We'll get on to Robson and Jerome. That, so, so them. Pulp are normally lumped in where you brick pop lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, very much considered... Well, early on it was Suede, Oasis and Blur, then Suede didn't have a record out for a bit. So then it was Pulp were considered the third. But I think I'm, I think they're very different to those bands and I think they've aged better too. I do prefer them as opposed to Oasis and and. Blur and that sort like of I feel feel. your taste more than mine although mine is sometimes is more guitar-y mm, definitely and I feel like Pulp are the least guitar-y band out of them in that some of their stuff's as disco as it is rock yeah but I do fucking love disco though so I think that yeah. does help the blend of the two is Pulp is do good. a lot of things and they were around for a long time before that they had mm. a lot of albums out Jarvis Cocker was considered quite an oddball for a lot of years he was in a band called well Pulp during the 80s that were had lots of different lineups and was nowhere near any success. The sort of band that would occasionally be played on John Peel, but he was sort of a considered a bit of a local weirdo with a sort yeah. of, uh, with a with an odd band. And then they hit big just before this with the His and Hers album. But no one was prepared for what was to come. Obviously, the big boom, the big yeah, radio the big boom. pulp boom. <laughs> um, with of which I would say, this song, I think it, I would say it's the most famous song. But I, I do think. It must be the most. If famous. I was I'm to check, check the radio the figures, the I feel like Disco Two Thousand is probably played more on the radio. It might be. I'd say probably, but when it comes to in bars and stuff, 
Common People is played a lot because everyone sings it. Like, it's a massive thing. I'd say it's still... How big was it back in the day? Because obviously I wasn't... It got number two in the charts, Kia. No, but like, you know, in in a social sense. Pulp was, yeah, like I said, they weren't Oasis, as in they weren't selling out Nebworth. But they did um, headline Glastonbury, albeit as a last minute replacement for the Stone Roses. Mm. Um, Which I think is... I think it was... Would this have been around this time? I'm going to say roughly this Glastonbury, but it may have been the one before, but I think it was this Glastonbury. Um, so they were very big. They were bigger than I would say you'd expect a man like them to be at almost any other time in history, where they're a bit odd. But that album, I'd say, was huge. His and Hers album before that was pretty big, but in an indie way. Yeah. And then This Is Hardcore, which was the album afterwards, was their sort of dark, oh, fuck, we're in a band, we've got loads of drugs album, which... It's actually got some great stuff on it, but certainly it cost them their position as a big mainstream band, as well as that interaction he had with Michael Jackson at the Brit Awards. What was that? Do you not know that? I've heard of it, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, so Michael Jackson, after after one of his little bits of allegations, <laughs> right, Michael Jackson's doing Earth Song at the Brits, and it's a bit uncomfortable because he's got lots of kids on stage and he's dressed in white, posing like Jesus. Brilliant, brilliant. And people are a bit like, oh... But that's still a bit like, well, it's Michael Jackson, so some yeah. people are still a bit excited. But he didn't seem relevant in Britain at that time, Michael Jackson. Like, he still was having hits, don't get yeah. us wrong. But it felt like almost someone from a couple of years earlier coming in and acting, trying to sort of outshone people who were very relevant at the time. And I think that and Jarvis Cocker, who I think probably had a drink as well, he sort of got on stage and sort of wiggled his arse and wafted it a bit at Michael Jackson. It became really? a huge scandal. Like, he got dragged off stage by his bouncers and stuff. And there was stuff in the papers the next day saying that he'd injured kids, which ended up not being true. Yeah. Um, I know they were going to go to court because Bob Mortimer was there. And he's a, he used to work in the law. And he offered to represent Jarvis Cocker to get him out of the police station and do the trial. And then he saw Michael Jackson's high-priced lawyers and went, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> How is Bob Mortimer involved with everything to do with this country? He just he gets about. Wouldn't it be brilliant, though? In the, in the court, there's Jarvis Cocker. And then, <laughs> Objected to stuff. That's a fucking great idea for a sitcom. Like a, a, a one series thing based on that event, but yeah. if he had went to cut that Why haven't they made a film of that and just, it, and just done it from the premise that Bob Mortimer took the case? I think that might be your calling. <laughs> so that was the that was the height of pulp and they were they were a front page thing for a while. Because of that, and also they had a song which was one of the follow-up singles for this called Sorted for Ease and Whiz, where, which is about going to a music festival. Um, really enjoying yourself when you're a bit awkward and weird because you take lots of drugs and you're friends with everyone but then the next morning that's all changed and you're just back to being a weirdo again and no one looks at you <laughs> and the um the the controversy from there came some of the tabloids noticed that the packaging had the i think the directions on to that so that you could fold it in the shape for um a wrap and they were like oh Oh, drug paraphernalia. And Ooh, like, God. so it got to this point where for a brief time it was as if Pulp were a controversial band. Like, mm. but actually they never were. They were a sort of silly, fun, yeah. although politically quite angry band. And the, I think they sort of tried to sex pistols them a bit, but yeah. it's just not the case. So, I know Different Class, that album is often considered like one of the best albums ever made. You know, on like a top 100, top 50, yeah, it's not like a top 10 sort of deal, but it is like highly regarded yeah it's a killer album there's there's one of them few where and actually not on the few I think it's quite common that a lot of the better songs on there weren't singles like mm. 
I, I'm going to tip my hand and say Common People is obviously a great single. In Disco yeah. 2000 is too, although I've heard it too much. Like, I, will, I don't want to listen to it again, but that's not the fault of yeah. this song. Um, Sorted Freeze and Wiz was a single, that makes sense. But um, the stuff like Something Changed and Misshapes, I don't like as much. And mm. I don't know, I would rather, but this, then there's other songs, Feeling Called Love, which would have been a great single. I remember so, we, we had a little bonding moment one time when I sent you a text saying I Spy was a fucking great I song. I Spy is my favourite song. It's a very song. good song. Yeah, it's, it couldn't be a single. It's too long and frankly creepy. But yeah, it's a, but it is a fucking yeah, song. Yeah, that is on that album. So that's where we are with Common People. It was, it was everywhere at the time. I remember first hearing it in Laser Quest in Newcastle. Oh, nice. I heard yeah. it because my mum, your wife, bloody, yeah. bloody loves it. Oh, that so, last, I, I Yeah, remember, remember we used to have those, those nights where we put on, we put on songs. Yeah, and we put on songs. And she used to always put on Common People. She'd put on that And beautiful space. people. She likes songs about people, doesn't she? Well, <laughs> she doesn't like people. She's ironic. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? So Common People is, as we know, it's about class. Yeah. Um, it is class. It's about class. So it's about him being at university, meeting a girl who was amused by the idea of poor people and lived in university as though she was poor. Although she had had a thirst for knowledge. And it's based on a true story. He did go to that college. And um, so it's about people who are class tourists who will do a thing and live the life of someone who is poor when they can can and will escape from it at will and I think there can't be many more songs on that very specific topic no I do also like how the music video was in a supermarket I do yes and it had a dance routine which showed which I'm gonna say Oasis wouldn't have done no Oasis for all their strengths and weaknesses Oasis were never steps <laughs> they weren't they weren't they tried to be don't yeah. get us wrong but nah nah they weren't Oh, tell you what, that'd be a good date idea, wouldn't it? Taking taking your date on supermarket sweep. I wonder if anyone ever did that. As in taking a date on the TV show supermarket. Yeah, like if you if you took your date on supermarket sweep, I think that'd be a good bonding thing. I think if you were talking to somebody you were interested in romantically and you'd want a trolley dash and went, "Hey, do you want to come on a trolley dash?" They would marry you. Yeah. I think like they'd have to be stupid not to. I think Dale wouldn't be quite a good matchmaker. Well, would have been. Well, yeah. Long may you reign in hell. <laughs> is he I'm thinking of the devil. I'm sure Dale Winton is either in heaven or just in a grave because heaven's not really believable. <laughs> Whatever you believe. Whatever you believe is good. Dale Winton's there. Unless it turns out he wasn't a nice person, in which case I take it back. Yeah, you might know I, something, but you might not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So. so we then go, what do you know about Robson and Jerome? Absolutely bugger all. Okay. Robson and Jerome were actors in a television show called Soldier, Soldier. I've heard of Soldier, Soldier. It was about soldiers soldiering. (laughs) Denise Welsh was also in it as, I don't know, maybe one of their lasses. I've never watched it. So Robson and Jerome were, I think, the biggest chart act of this year. The year that's Mm. remembered as the height of Britpop where Oasis ruled the world, as ever, with these stories. It's not totally true. Yeah. Um, The biggest act of this year were Robson and Jerome with their covers of Lovely songs from the 50s and 60s, done in a cheap style. This, Up on the Roof, things like that. Yeah. Um, the Robson Green is from these parts. I think he's a Newcastle boy. But sort of, I don't know if he's from Gosforth, but he's got that sort of accent. So he's from Newcastle, and he probably sounds salt of the earth if you're from London. But here, we can tell there's a bit of money in the family. Yeah. I do, actually, on the, the in front of the bar where I work, I'm not going to say which bar, because I don't want people coming in and finding us. Um and I don't care if they make money. 
there is a picture of Robson Green topless and it's signed, but not actually signed by him, just we signed it for a laugh. But yeah, it's got uh, a topless this, picture of Robson Green. How old Green. is this Robson Green picture? Is it from his heyday? Oh, it's from his heyday. It's not like modern Robson Green. You'd struggle to say he was a mega hunk, though. Oh, yeah. But I will say, I think he's better looking than Jerome Flynn, who I think, I don't know where Jerome's from, but he looks like he's from Birmingham. I don't know why I think that. I don't know what he looks like, so I can't wait. Well, I'll, I'll get up a picture of Jerome right, Flynn Jerome. for you. Um, I wouldn't have guessed Robson Green was from around here, but then again, I only saw him with his top off, so... You don't get many Robsons around here, except surnames, Bobby Robson. Although, I will say Jerome Flynn's aged pretty well. He's he's like he's not a good-looking bloke, but he's, he's suited a bit more cragginess. Yeah. He looks like he's been in a lot of rugby scrums and had a few pints. And I think he seems like he looks like he'd be a nice bloke. I think you could have a good night with him, I do yeah. think. I'd rather well, hang around with him. and drinking. Yeah. So. I think I'd rather hang around with him than Robson Green, who mm. does... Um, was last heard of in my life um, hosting Extreme Fishing with Robson Green I don't know what Jerome's up to these days but he has the look of a respected actor doesn't he now he does Jerome Flynn I bet he was in Game of Thrones was Jerome Flynn in yes he was he was in Game of Thrones he just looks like he would be doesn't he so well done to him they had three number one singles with Unchained Melody I Believe and What Becomes of the Broken Hearted now we need to get on to the song Unchained yes. Melody. Now, Unchained Melody is, again, it's got that Disco 2000 thing of you've heard it too much. It's it's one of the songs that's most got a number one in very different versions by loads mm. of people. So, is it still a nice song to listen to? I really like it as a song, but I do like that sort of 50s style in general, so I am biased yeah. there. Now, Unchained Melody was a 60s song, but it does have that sort of 50s torch style yeah. to it. Uh, the Righteous Brothers, the most famous version. But are we... So what's interesting about this is I can un, I can look at this with the context of the time of going, that was kept off the top by a thing from the blokes from Soldier Soldier and it's a bit embarrassing. But actually, what you're doing is coming fresh to that version. You, you don't have the context of them really. Yeah. But I will argue that their version is tinny and their voices aren't very good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I think if we're going for old songs like that anyway, I don't want them to be all modernised and better production and stuff. I like the sort, you know, you can tell it's from its time, can't you? You can tell that the quality's uh, mean... not brilliant. Yes, uh, do but... you mean th this one or the 60s version? Cause the 60s I mean version. this one, yeah. I mean this one, like, you know, it obviously instrumentally it sounds better and stuff, but I like those old sound and recording methods and that sort of thing. So I would say the 60s one does sounds a lot a better. Would you? I, from what I heard just before we started recording this, because I didn't actually know the song, uh, I, I disagree. But then again, I'm. Hang actually... on, you think the Robson and Jerome version of Unchained Melody sounds better than the Righteous Brothers one? Let's. Let, I mean, no, I mean, from a technical standpoint, from I, like a, a quality of instruments, not as opposed to. I, well, I tell you what, let's. How um, it's done. Let's put a little bit on here. Alright, here we go. Will we get copyrights for this? Probably yeah, not. but we'll, we'll just not tell them. True, I'm so, not grass. Unchained Melody, Robson and, Jerome, Robson and Jerome. Now, this is a. Simon Cowell thing. I'm gonna. Um, we have to skip through the advert, and then I'll put the sound up. We'll skip through the start of it, which is a bit of bit of the acting, and a bit where about half a minute in, someone checks their watch, and I'm with them. See, to me, it's quite a sparse recording, and their voices are. Oh, I mean, it's not as full. It's a bit twee, I think, a bit karaoke.
Oh, he's really got a bad voice. Yeah, that's terrible. They're not letting Jerome sing much. Jerome, you come in. Now, I think... I don't know it's if it's a Phil Spector. It, it is a good song. It is a good song. song. It is. Now, I don't know if The Righteous Brothers is um, a Phil Spector production or not, but I think it sounds richer. No, but what I mean is... And you can tell the voice quality. Oh, yeah. But this sounds like it's played on a record player. It definitely mm. sounds better in general, but the other one sounds more like, you know, it's made for modern speakers okay. and that sort of thing. But there's more going on. There's definitely more going on. Not that not that it's necessarily a bad thing to have not as much going on. I quite like a lot of sparse music, but I feel like that sort of ballad has to be rich. Yeah, it's got to be full, doesn't it? It's got to really warm your heart. Yeah, whereas I think Unchained Melody sound like a bit of... It sounds like what it is, a lazy effort and a cash-in. Yeah. You know, whereas common people... Hey, we're all agreed. Very different types of music. Oh, yeah. But common people has a lot going on in the music, although it is has got sparse sort of disco-y rhythms to it. There's, but, there's layers, isn't there? You can, you can really pull stuff out. Yeah, I think... Now... It's kind of a hard one, it kind of, it feels mad to even be discussing this, but there is a little twist in it that I'll put to you soon. But first off, let's go through some other songs in the top ten. Alright. Um, we have Gualioni by Prez, Perez Prez Prado, which is a sort of um, Sambury rhythm thing, it's from the past. I mean, that sounds song. brilliant. But we also have number four, one that I know that you know, which is Scatman. The late, great Scatman. Brilliant. Died in about 99, Scatman. So he had a hit, a couple of hits late in life. What was Scatman's highest chart position? I th That's a good question. I think it was that. And I think it was a number three. Mm. I think its peak position was number three. That's quite surprising. Yeah. When that was Scatman, of course. Not Scatman's World, the follow-up single. I don't like Scatman's the World. Ah, why not? Um, I don't know. I can't pinpoint what it is about it. But compared to just Scatman, I I mean I would agree it's not as good as Scatman. Certainly, it's less frantic, mm. you know. So you've got skibby dibby dibby umbara bo. It's better than it's better than ba 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 da ba ba ba. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that could be anything. I, I think my problem with Scatman's world is I feel like I've been transported into space. Whereas right, Scatman, say I would like that. <laughs> nah, not not with Scatman. It's ironic because it's Scatman's world, but. You're in space, even yeah, though... Yeah, it sounds more spacey yeah. than, than Scatman. But Scatman's grounded, you know, it keeps us keeps us level. I know where I'm at with it. Mm. I'm not going off to the stars. Do I want grounded with me, Scat? That's, I do. that's my question. I do. I think, you know, you've got to keep it contained, can't you? Otherwise you're scatting all over the place. Yeah, you want your Scat contained. Yeah. Your Scat in one lump. That's what I say. Oh. Five is, do you know, I Need Your Loving by Baby D? Yes. Yeah. I need your loving. Is that, that's that one. Yeah. That look in your eye by Ali Campbell, I don't know, but I know I won't like it because I don't like anything Ali Campbell out of you before he's ever done, apart from that bit with Pat O'Bannon, but I'll give Pat all the credit. <laughs> I do not remember, at number seven, Surrender Your Love by Nightcrawlers featuring John Reed. I may have heard it, but we're not going to hear it now. Let's just imagine in our mind. What do you think it sounds like? There's no way it's not dance Ooh, music, Nightcrawlers. I don't know anything about Nightcrawlers. That's I, I don't know them either. I know it's a, a game that... Charlie and Frank play on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia okay. and that's where me, me knowledge of Nightcrawlers ends. Okay. My guess is, I don't know them, sounds like they're underground dance music. 
surrender your love. Probably goes like that. Yes, by Michael Martin Butler. Um, among aficionados was a Britpop hit. This is considered the, the best. I don't know if you know it. Um, I don't. Bernard Butler is out of Suede. He was a guitarist in Suede, but he'd left. Oh, and, not a bit of Suede. Yeah, yeah. He, David McCalmont sings. He's got a very high falsetto voice. Um, uh, check it out if that's your bag. Your Loving Arms by Billy Ray Martin. I think it's that one that goes, Ooh, wrap your loving arms around me. Do you know that one? I do. And it's quite a good song, though. I do a enjoy Dreamer it. by Live and Joy, I'm going to say, is a fucking banger. You know that one, right? Do I? Yeah, it goes, I see it goes. It doesn't sound like this. But <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's a fucking good song. I'm a dreamer. It's that's not, I'm going to say, out of the songs I know. I'd right? say that's been lost to time, that one. Oh, I think it's still a bit big. Do you? I, well, I don't know. I don't go to that. I books. don't think any well probably some people would you know i'm not gonna generalize but the majority of people i know wouldn't have a fucking clue oh let's let, we'll put that out as a poll yeah we'll, let us know get in touch at any of the felt out ways of communication and let us know if you are young do you know dreamer by living joy how young what's the age that we're well don't make it creepy you. you know what i mean yeah like don't lie to yourself how are you? yeah Come on. so out of all the songs i know that i don't know two of them uh, i will say beyond that it's a pretty strong top 10. Which, does that make it all the more golden that it's topped by Robson and Jerome? That's the question. Because, I think, we know that the voting system here is we both have to vote for it. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I would vote for Common People as a better song, certainly than the Robson and Jerome version of Unchained Melody. Mm. Right? You may vote that. I think I'm going to, I'm going to hazard a guess that you might, but there is a twist in the tail. Okay. That okay. twist in the tail, double A side. Double A side. Double A side. It's not just Unchained Melody. And I don't know how much this will sway you, but I do know how much... It's White Cliffs of Dover. Oh, I fucking love a bit of Lynn. You do? I love a bit of Vera Lynn. That is the problem. Now, you do love Vera Lynn. There's no question about it. Like, I'm not being ironic here. No, I do fucking love Vera Lynn. You're, you're... Your 21st birthday was bittersweet for you because it was the day Vera died, sadly, wasn't it? Yeah, it was tragic. Really. As she I was, was going into full adulthood, she was ending hers. It's almost so. like she died so that you may live at 21. I am the new Vera Lynn, you know? in, in some ways, you are. I often think of you as the, the, the COVID Vera Lynn, the version of the Our Forces Sweetheart. <laughs> but give us Our a bit of... Give us, give us your... <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> give us your... Um, Brief history of Vera Lynn, your your relationship with Dame Vera. So I mean, it started off with the classic TV show Goodnight Sweetheart. Nicholas Lyndhurst, big you know, fan of the did Love Me War Time. Big fan of the It should have been good, but it's actually fucking dreadful. It's fucking brilliant. I watched it again like a year or two ago. Yeah, I know you really good. love it. Never finished it, um, but that's because you know life gets in the way of these sorts of things, doesn't it? There's like six seasons, mm. but no, it is very good show. If you have series. Series so I don't want to get it doesn't matter what you call them I don't want to get all over that American days are better but yeah so yeah watch it if you haven't don't watch it watch it definitely. one of the episodes of that is my worst episode of any television show I've ever seen like some of them are light fun but there's one of them I just I can't believe that which one it was such you... lazy fucking writing there's one right if you don't know Goodnight Sweetheart Gary Sparrow played by the actor Nicholas Lindhurst can travel in time. He goes down Duckett's Passage in London from the 90s where he's got a Harrogen wife, which I think they've put in, they've made her purposely horrible so that we would think he was a goodie, even though he's horrible. She's not actually that horrible though, looking back. Like, yeah, I know. She was a... She's annoyed by him because he's awful. Yeah, like, 
she got annoyed by things, but but I think you're most meant to the sympathize. Time, rightfully. I think you're meant to sympathize with him. Certainly yeah, at the time, yeah. you know. And he went back in time to the war, and he used this power of time travel to go into the nearest pub and fuck the barmaid. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what he did. That he used this. He used nature's greatest gift. And there would be funny bits in it where he would um, play the piano and he would play a song and they would think he'd written it. Yeah. Play, yeah. And one time he was evil Gary and he went back and played Anarchy in the UK. <laughs> which is a, he was <laughs> drunk and evil. Which is a bit funny, right? Um, but there was one episode where he became friends with Noel Coward, who was an awful character in it, the later series had run out of ideas. He became friends with Noel Coward, and him and his wife in the past, Phoebe, Phoebe, had a picture taken. And his wife, who now was one of Blair's babes in this present, judged a book competition. And there was a picture in a book taken in the war of him with Noel Coward and his wife. And the whole episode was him trying to something like get the picture not taken in the past because if his wife seen it she'd know he'd been time travelling <laughs> and I just like surely someone in that writing meeting went will they not just think it's someone who looks like him like, yeah, like oh, and they must have went that's a bit strange and they must have picked up on that and they just went aye but we're on a deadline and I just think it's the laziest episode it's of television like I've seen. when we saw that picture of Ringo Starr's stepson yes. in, the, in the wedding picture and it looked exactly like me at that age we did we saw a picture of Ringo Starr's wedding in 1980 to Barbara Back that was hung up in Sunderland Winter Gardens Yeah. to the point where it freaked us out a bit it did in fairness to Goodnight Sweetheart and when we left the woman who was in charge of the room looked at you and went whoa is that you on that picture <laughs> it was dead strange weird wasn't it so maybe is that a point yeah. But that woman didn't just like go, nah, we're putting you back in this painting. But she didn't have the strong connection of, to me that uh, a married wife would have to the husband. But I still think she'd, she would, it would take this long to sort out. Oh, you seen that? Looks a bit like you. Oh, uh, God, that's... Are we allowed to see how women think since we. I think we are since those women were clumsily written by two men. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, just. Don't... Phoebe was the better wife though. But the maid of that, so you'd be more sympathetic with Gary. But then he was still cheating on Phoebe. Oh, yeah, and I, I despise him for that. I would feel better. <laughs> so, anyway, you like Goodnight, sweetheart? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I go into a World War II obsession, because, you know, little old, little Kia, autistic Kia, uh, got obsessed with things very easily, as such with me, Dr. Who days. Um, so, one day at school, I had to do a, a presentation about something from the war. And I really wanted to do uh, Vera Lynn. Because you really liked Lynn. You had a couple of other Oh, albums. yes. But then two fucking unoriginal little pricks overheard it. Do you remember their names? Uh, one was Lucas Barger. The other was Joseph someone. Because he wasn't fucking him. Yeah, he was like, Lucas, you know, the little sidekick. Yeah, but, Lucas Barker. If, yeah, if that, that is it. your real name. It is. If it you're is still out name. there and not hard. A fucking spark, yeah. Yeah, if someone knows him, don't say because he is much larger than us. Uh, not in a fat way, but in a tall way. Mm. And I mean, it's water under the bridge now, Lucas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, well, you're not as bad you're, as you're I'm making You're out. only a kid, Lucas. Yeah, you're Kenny. You're Kenny. So he, they decided they wanted to do the, the little presentation about DMV, didn't they? Yeah, and two people couldn't do the same presentation. And somebody cried, didn't they? Oh, I wept me little eyes out. Somebody got his mummy to come in and complain. <laughs> I mean, look, if there's a stronger force that I can get on my side, I'm going to do it. It's not... So that is the thing, that is the... I did end up doing it on Vero Lynn. Yeah, you did, you so did. You've won like a little, little stompy oh, child. So that's where, what we're at. We're at Common People, Unchained Melody slash White Cliffs of Dover. Of course, it's not the Vero Lynn version. 
You've got to take that into account. It isn't that. Yeah. And already I've got a bit of distaste in my mouth because I don't want them ruining Viva So you don't even need to hear oh, it, really. Like, I mean, I'd like to like because if they've done our justice, then, you know... It's that hard to believe they would have. Up. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. And I guess there is a tie-in to it being soldier-soldier. That makes it make sense. Like, they are soldiers. She was the force's sweetheart. That's true. There's a lot going on there. White Cliffs of Dover. Is Let's... there anything that says what she thought of the cover? Because she probably heard it. She was alive There is long after There may well be, but I'm not going to put that up because I don't want you swayed by Dean Vera's opinion. No, I would be. I love her. Exactly. <laughs> you love her? <laughs> so the video will play after ad, which is about 16 more seconds. For an ad for Hollyoaks tonight. Oh, no. The world's best mum thing is broken. I don't know what's going on in Hollyoaks in the minute, to be honest. If you're oh, did... There's an explosion exploded. and there's a last walking away. Something's going on in Hollywood. She didn't look back in case you're interested. And now we're here. Oh, they put sirens on. I don't think Dame Vera would have liked this. Already flashbacks. Yeah, this feels like... Causing PTSD to many a bridge. Yeah, they're putting burning buildings and... Nah. Oh, I feel like they're making money off people's suffering there. Yeah, nah, common people wins. Yeah. So let's take a vote then. You voted for common people. Yeah. To get to number one in the charts. And I voted for common people to get the number one in the charts. So we go all the way back. And now with a two-week run at the top. Common people by Pulp. You're Britain's number one. Woo. Sorry, Robson. Sorry, Jerome. You I'm should not. not have disrespected one of the greatest dames of the last century. Yeah, I bet they don't even visit our grave. Like I do every Easter. <laughs> you probably have visited our grave. Well, let's see what else was in the charts. It was a version of Swing Low Sweet Chariot by Ladysmith Black Mbazo. Oh, I remember that from me performing arts warm-up days. Yeah. We'd often sing that. Naked by Reef. I don't. I never liked Reef. Uh, I, think I, I saw the lead singer come out and assist Gary Stringer. Yeah. Gary Stringer. They ended up being a big Christian band, apparently, but they didn't say this at the time. I do like me Christian rock. You know what? I'm like with Skillet. Yeah, you do like Christian <laughs> rock. That's weird. They've got um, This Is How We Do It by Montel. You know Montel Jordan? This is how oh, I know the fucking song. He ended I up, I think, retiring from music not long after this, when he did a stadium show in his hometown and only sold six tickets or something like oh, that. Oh, God. Yeah. I would have been James number seven. If Tina if Arena. Oh, Freedom by Michelle Gale. I've got an anecdote about Michelle Gale. Come on, fit that in. So I did a bit of TV warm-up one time for kids' show. It was the hardest gig I've ever done. Um, you know, Wolf Blood? Yeah. They had a premiere at the Baltic Museum, which has got a little theatre in it in Newcastle so first off I wasn't allowed a microphone I had to entertain the kids as they come in but they were coming in in groups of six so and I wasn't allowed a microphone because they were filming outside red camera stuff mm. sorry uh, red, red carpet button, stuff yeah. yeah red carpet stuff so I, I had to just go to these groups and then another group would come in I had to entertain them and then pop back to keep the, and it kept building like that and it was really hard work like yeah and then I did an hour and a half of this I was absolutely fucking shattered and then they got the the cast behind us and Michelle Gale was there and I was just running out of stuff to do. And just before they cut me off and ended up just going to film them, they said, okay, thanks, Liv, I done. I was just about to play her hit tune, Sweetness, on me teeth. Oh, I should have. With no microphone, I was... It's not a catchy enough tune to, you know no, what I mean? Yeah. It's not like... It's more... It's... And I'm so glad I didn't, because I just couldn't have coped with Michelle Gale's hit. Fake... Plastic Trees by Radiohead at number 20. I can't get into Radiohead. I know a lot of people 
always talk about how fucking brilliant they are and I just can't yeah, they've never. I, I, I feel like I'm wrong, but I, I feel like there's too much work involved now for me to catch up. I don't think they're bad. It just doesn't doesn't tickle me ears, you know. Back for good by take that, which is in the twenties, but it's gone down. It's obviously. good. I do. Like, I don't like take that, but mm. I do quite like that. Song. Don't stop by the Out Here Brothers. You know the Out Here Brothers. I don't. I can't say I do. Out Here Brothers had different versions of songs, so that had you know. Boom, 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 let me hear say we That's them. Very and they, well. And they also had rude versions of that. And this was the hit before that was a number one hit, but it's been forgotten now. And, Don't stop moving, baby. You're the one that drives me crazy. Yeah. Wiggle, wiggle. Some might say. I do recognise that. Yeah. I do recognise that. Some might say by Oasis down for number one. Love City Groove, which was that, that year's Eurovision entry, which was some white rappers. In the morning. Went like that. Brilliant. And Curtis Steigers with this time, who surprisingly Please. we've seen well, this year. Well, we not, maybe that long, but it was yeah. in this And you really liked him, didn't you? Yeah. It was strange for some open for Barry Manilow. <laughs> yeah, which... And then he did a medley of songs from the TV show Sons of Anarchy, which I didn't expect. That's but... an odd night looking back, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Why did people say Barry Manilow? <laughs> he was trying hard, but... He yeah. was. Then, number sticks, 30, Barry to clear that game by Bobby Brown, ex of Whitney Houston. Who oh. I only ever think of Bobby Brown now uh, from the anecdote that she was once... Oh, God. NSFW. She was once um, massively bunged up in a, and he put his whole hand in and pulled the poo out. That's oh wow. That's the only thing I can think of now. And but you know, there's two can play that game. Do you know the song? That's all right. It's, it's quite good. It's, it's all right. Uh, we're gonna do it again. Manchester United featuring Striker. Oh, brilliant. Alice, who the fuck is Alice? I didn't even know that was a single release. I know it's like, you know the it's. Twenty years I've been living next door to Alice, and that's like the chubby brown version, yeah, yeah. which now has almost become the official one, hasn't it? Because people don't hear that without Buddy Holly by Weezer. No, yeah, and then, then the last two in the top forty are Rod Stewart and Bob Marley, because music was really in the future at this point. So I do miss when charts had range, though. You'd get more than just yeah. pop. It was, it was nice. Yeah, it's something. To, there's something to be said for. Even though at this time, as a young person, this seemed like awful. There's something to be said for something being at number one that old people like. Yeah. Because that's what it should be. It should be a cross-section of the public, shouldn't it? So in a way, I want to put Unchained Melody back, but it's too late. Nah, it's and gone. also it's not as it's good. Gone. So everyone, get yourself over to patreon.com slash feltnout for loads of reasons. But specifically this time, because you got this a week earlier, unless you're already there now, in which case you have. But also, there's a bonus episode where we are going to discuss our musical tastes... Because I don't think we know each other. No, I know some bands you like. I think my, but... I, I think you might be wrong on some of them. I think my taste has got like very. But like, hey, Patreon.com/slash Feltnout. It's going to be a an episode. Hey. That was a Feltnout production. To find out more, visit feltnout.co.uk.